hold him. Now, go ahead. You're, you're doing the ministry, so I'm saying you're looking at me. Just set your basket down there for a go all the way around. Well, I'll go. Get around there in the front. Okay. They're in the front. Now, just hold him. Now you're now you're not you're not you're not speaking you're not speaking to each other. You're speaking to that realm. The atmosphere, the realm around you that irritates this thing on your shoulder. Now just look at each other, but you're speaking to that realm and you say not today. Not today. Now say it like you mean it. Not today. That's better. Go ahead, say it again. Not, Not today. today. That's it. Not today. Not today. Now say Satan. Satan. I have the authority. I have the authority. I. Over the atmosphere. Over the atmosphere. You do not dominate me. You do, do not, not dominate me. Christ does. Christ, Christ does. does. You're not my father. You're not, not my father. father. God is. God is. And God's going to have his way in my life. And, God's God's gonna have his way in my life. and you're going to stop right now. And you're going to stop right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Now, how often do I do that? As often as I have to. Because it works. God heard you the first time. Okay, you don't have to beg. We're not begging. God heard you the first time. He heard that. But then you've got to speak till your whole heart is fulfilled with that. I have the dominance. Not Satan. I don't care which church you go to. I don't care how many people's there. I don't care how big of a choir they have. I don't care how much money they take in every week. That has nothing to do with it. The dominance is what's in me. And I let out of me what's in me. It doesn't do me any good if I keep it dormant. I have to let it out of there. i got to fight that atmosphere because those spirits will dominate you. Even though you're a born-again believer, we're not questioning your salvation. We're questioning your authority. Because you have to take your authority till we get to heaven. That's why Jesus went back and he leaves it up to us now. He's gone. He did what he's going to do. It's done. Now we have to take authority while we're here because we're not in glory yet. And this is where many Christians fail. They fail to see. They think they don't need that, but they do need it. You need the corporate anointing in amongst your brothers and sisters. When we come to church, that's what's here. If my faith is a little weak today, somebody else's faith that's in here will lift me up. Where there's two or more. Yep. That's right. We do it together. And when we understand that to make the gospel work for us, we have that authority, but we got to work it. When I'm on the job and, and the boss gave me a job, it was up to me to use my authority. He told me what to do. This, I want you to weld this. I need these today. And it was my opportunity to sit down there and weld like I was crazy. I welded and welded and welded to do a good job to please my foreman because that made my paycheck. And you do the same thing spiritually when you serve God. If you never crack this book, you're going to be a defeated foe. You've got to read this thing. This is God's book to us. He wrote this to us. I've had people tell me that they, they, they throw out the Old Covenant. No, you're not supposed to. The Old Covenant 
as a teacher for the new. You don't throw it away. God didn't give us a half a Bible. And I know people mentally, mentally, well, I don't believe that. And they, well, they tear that page out in their mind. They rip, and their Bible's only about this thick because they rip so much out of there. They say, we don't care what you believe or what you don't believe. It's what he told you to believe. It's what God said that matters. I don't care what your mom and dad said. I don't care what brother or sister said. I don't care what uncle or aunt. I don't care what the church down the road said. It's what God said. It's what God said. Do you read this and study this and get this down in your heart? It's what God said. People say a lot of things to me and I don't receive it because I know it's not what God said. And we saw her niece the other day and I told her, I said, now, you may wake up tomorrow and have a terrible morning. But I said, you've got to make up in your mind. You're gone. Once you go and break that yoke, the enemy will keep you in St. Mary's for the next six years. He'll keep you there because they lie to you. You're tired. You're this. You're that. Yeah, hello. Join the crowd. I'm, t- I'm tired a lot of times. And it's not just from physical work. Sometimes it's mental. Sometimes you can be you can be strained mentally. The devil will attack you mentally, and it leaves you wore out. Leaves you worried. Where you feel like you didn't even sleep all night. Is anybody listening to what I'm saying? Does this make common sense? Now you've got to activate it. I didn't say so. Pastor Tommy didn't say so. The Bible says so. The Bible says you've got to speak. What do you want? Do you want what God says or do you want what you see? You have to understand. You don't live this gospel by feelings. Now it may sound rude, but I don't care how you feel because it's not by feeling. I don't care who hurts you or who upsets you. If you get in this, you'll get over it. You get in this long enough. I wake up some mornings, some nights at midnight. Sometimes and I'll be in my office till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm in there for hours. And I get so involved in reading this that it excites me at what it says. And while I'm reading it and reading it and reading it and reading it, I'm putting it down in my spirit. And then when the enemy comes, I have, I have some ammunition to fight him with. It's true. If I don't get this in my spirit, I'm telling you from experience. I know. I know when I didn't pray. I know when I didn't read. And the devil beats me to death, coming and going. But when I read this and I take time, people said I don't have time. Okay, you've been busy all Everybody day. Everybody has the same 24 hours yeah. in a day. And okay, you went How to bed. How are you using it? Sit down and count your hours, what you do. How many hours do you spend eating? How many hours do you spend on the clicker? One thing you have to be careful. You have to be careful when you're in the throne so that first of you you will allow the enemy to harden your heart. Mm-hmm. That can happen quick. Mm-hmm. Well, I forgave you before. Well, I looked over her before. Mm-hmm. Well, you gotta do it again. So do it again. Seventy times seven. That's right. In the same day. Yes. Yeah. For the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, it's like Groundhog Day. You know, God. If we really believe God forgave us, we must forgive others. He says if we don't forgive others, he's not going to forgive us. 
We have to forgive one another, no matter what they said or what they've done. You gotta make up in your heart to forgive them. And you reverse that by love and kindness. You do ju just the opposite. Everybody's been there at some time in their life. We've all been injured. We've all been hurt. We've all had people put us down or talk about us. Everyone has some somewhere at some time. You gotta make up in your mind who you are. I'm God's sure. child now. I'm we reading. didn't finish your story there when he went, when he read that scripture that day, and we were going through that time in our life. He jumped up and he whammed his fist down on the table, fitting up the thing on the floor, and he said, Devil, it stops right here. Then he got up and he went over to the door and opened the front door, and he said, He kicked him out. He said, You don't belong in my house. Now that you looks, know what? We didn't go through that no more either. That looks foolish. That's that looks foolish life. to the human mind, to yeah. the psyche. You think, well, he's crazy. Yeah. And I, the devil tried to tell me that after I did it. He said, you're, now you're really nuts. You know, the first, but it hit me in my spirit and I did it. It wasn't something logically. It wasn't something I seen somebody else do. Several months went by and I heard a prominent preacher was sitting in his house and him and his wife was going through the same similar thing him and her and him and her him and her he told he told the same thing he's a TV, TV evangelist and he said he was reading the scripture I don't know which scripture now it was years ago but he did the same thing he hit his fist down on the table where he was reading and I started to laugh because I said, see, devil, I'm not the only one that's fanatic. But it worked. The scripture says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. You better fight the devil. It's a good yeah. fight to but it's a fight. When you sit under the fight. truth. And you're not fighting each other. You're fighting those spirits. When you sit under the truth of the word, you. you're going to go through battles. Your, your attacks come. It's Bible. It's people think you're exempt that now that you're saved. I've actually had people. Well, I thought once I come to Jesus, everything would be a bed of roses. I said, "Excuse me, I, I got, don't know. I, I got news sure for you." What lesson I was doing this morning? But I'm guessing my Lord's changed my lesson because <laughs> I brought the other one too, and I thought, you know, I didn't really study that one. I've been studying the other one, but. I'm thinking this is the one the Lord wants. So. If, if we, Thanks a lot, brother. You're if we didn't, you're putting yeah. me on that spot. If we didn't have hurdles, how would we know that Jesus could help us over? He smooths out the rough places in life. If you trust him, if you quote the word to him, he knows what the word says, but you need to quote it. You the word is it. your weapon. If you never draw that sword, you can't fight Empty hand. A brother couldn't go over to Afghanistan or wherever he went with a wet noodle and conquer them Afghanistanians or whoever they are, right? You had to have a weapon that would work. The word works, but too many times we don't get it out and use it. One good scripture for you too then too is blessed is the peacemaker. One has to be the peacemaker. 
when you're going through, well, why is it always me? Well, because you're the one the Lord can talk to at this point in time. So that's the one you need to be. Amen? Amen. It's true. It's true. All right. We're ready to proceed. Yes, one other thing. I was wondering, can I put up a list for Scott for things that he needs? That sure. way, that would be very nice. That's a good idea. People, I do right. ask if you have a job and you do have the money, please do not walk by this list without crossing something off and getting his software. Yes, that's a good idea, Elaine. Yes. Thank you. Very good idea. You know, we're supposed to take care of each other. He's not always going to be in this position. God's going to bring him out. God's going to bring him out of it. And then maybe you'll be the next one in there. Would you want him to help you? I would. So, there you go, brother. You tell her what you need or whatever. Or she already wrote it. stuff down. I didn't even say anything. <laughs> okay, well, that's a good idea. Thanks, Elaine. That's a good idea. There's one thing I All right, praise God. There's one thing he said. What do you you want to say something? That's not what I need. I just want to say something to them, too. All these people. Cherish what you got now, like your loving wife, your family. Cherish it. That's true. Because you don't want to be like me. I had a wife, a three-year-old, now I'm mom and dad, now I'm by myself. And when I go home at night, cut that light off, I'm in bed by myself. My military brothers are gone. Everybody says, God has a place for me. I'm hoping it's right here. Because sometimes when I'm at home, no. I really feel alone. I'm sure you do. It's not easy. That's it. But I still got that Bible they gave me the first time I came here. Laying right by my bed. We're here for you, Scott. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So cherish what you got. And when you're ready, when you are fully prepared, right now you're not even prepared financially, through not all your own fault, of, of course, but to even have another person you know what I mean? But when you get fully prepared, God can bring someone into your life to love us, God. The right, the right them. person. The right person. I'll serve God with you and make that your latter end better than your former. That's God's promise. And that promise is good for you, too. It's not just for us. All right, so ushers, if you will come. See the morning's offering. We always had a lesson. I don't know. We might even have a lesson. <laughs> God, no, that was a good lesson. Amen. That's what was. Uh, I was debating on adversity. The lesson on adversity and how we are supposed to respond during adversity. We're different people. We're supposed to be different people if Christ is living in us. And we're supposed to respond totally different than how the world responds to their problems. We're here on planet Earth, yeah. but the real us is born We're from above. That's, a, that's our heavenly realm. That's what we have to focus on. Get this block of wood that sits on our shoulders and get it in alignment with, that's our home. Yeah. That's our future. It's not going to always be like this. Uh, no, Tommy had one record, I think it was Petra D, that's saying, we are aliens. He didn't mean little green men from Mars or whatever. He meant we're children of another kingdom. Yes. When you give your heart to the Lord, you're headed for a better place. Yeah. Amen. Your, your finished end is not here. 
we're headed to a better place. Amen. 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 So. Who <laughs> <laughs> are you picking on now? I'm picking on anybody. Oh, I was communicating. Okay. He's communicating. <laughs> okay, Father, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for each and every one that come out. We thank you for the instruction and uh, the encouragement that you've given us today. Each one of us that's going through things or facing things, Lord God. And we know you you are the way maker and you always make a way out. So, Father, we thank you for that. It's according to your word. We thank you for each gift that comes in today, Father. Breathe upon it, Lord. Multiply it, not only into the, the ministry for the things that are due, but back into your people's lives. Bless them. Bless them abundantly so they won't be afraid to give into your house. They'll know. You said to prove you, so we're going to prove you, Lord, by our gifts. So bless your people today, and we'll thank you for it. Amen.
I'm going to say no, we're going to do for right now, Katie. The brother's going to bless us. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, am I? Is you ready now? I think I'm ready. All righty. Well, gang, it's been a long time since I did this. <laughs> like, no time like now. Probably 55 years. I was a little more used to do this, sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I was in Catholic church with my grandparents. And we were, actually, it was Lutheran, Catholic Lutheran. Um, yeah. And uh, when I did it, I was in a suit because that's what we had to wear. And you sat there quiet with your hands folded. You kneeled down on the little bench they popped out. And uh, I happened to have a voice then. It was before I went, like, Donnie Osmond and tweaked and went the wrong way, but um, yeah. So my question is, since you're setting me up, am I going to hear words there too? Yeah. Okay, thank you. Because I uh, <laughs> we don't want to get all kinds of crazy with this. But um, all right, well I have it here. I'm going to do the very best I can. No lighters, please. We don't want lighters at the end because I am not doing an encore. And you all know that if you grew up in the 70s, went to concerts. And nobody brought tomatoes, so you're <laughs> oh, good to go, brother. Yeah, well, I didn't see and that. I had a whole bunch in my garden yet. <laughs> and they, I would, I would expect that. Yeah, I would be great. <laughs> anyway, is this thing on? Yeah. On. It is on. All right. Cool. Let's rock this thing. Let's get it going. Because I got to get caught up here with the music. Overwhelmed, great song. I don't know if any of you ever really listened to the words, but based off of today and uh, everything that we're going through, I mean, our society's in upheaval. There's a lot of anger. But God's always there. He's always provided. And, uh, you know, you look back over your life and you think, hmm, I went through a lot of stuff, but here I am. I'm still on my feet and yes. uh, seeking yeah. Him, you know, constantly yeah. looking for Him. And, Every time you, you, you find them a little sooner and you, you understand a little more and uh, you gain just that little bit of wisdom. And uh, Pastor Judy said something about it, you know, where, you know, you got to be the, we got to be difference makers and we got to show that love and uh, humility, grace. We don't do that enough. I know I don't do that enough. But anyway, let's go. Uh, All right. Excuse me. My computer froze. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, I can I can do On this one. But that's okay. Here. Did it really freeze? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you that fifty when we Actually, probably also be giving her that 50 because I didn't start yet. <laughs> okay, Jenna, we got the message. Overwhelmed. <laughs> oh, no. My big daddy, Rich. Technology. Here we go. We're stuck. Yeah, let me start it. Six minutes and 30 seconds. I didn't realize that was that long. Wow. All right. It's not going, right? Put it on your bag. Is it really on? Is it on? Yes. 
Yeah. You gotta put it up there, brother. Oh. Oh. Hold on a minute there. He's helping. <laughs> I can read this if you want. Yeah. I see the work of your hands. <laughs> Galaxies spin in the heavenly dance, oh God. All that you are is so overwhelming. I hear the sound of your voice. All at once it's a gentle and thundering noise, oh God. All that you are is so overwhelming. I delight myself in you, captivated by your beauty. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I have run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed by you. I know the power of your cross, forgive and free forever, you'll be my God. All that I've done, you've done, is so overwhelming. I delight myself in you, in the glory of your presence. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by you. God, we run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed by you. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. Oh God, there is no one more beautiful. You are a blessing. God, you are the most beautiful. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Oh God, there is no one more wonderful. You are wonderful. God, you are the most wonderful. You are glorious. You are glorious. Oh God, there is no one more glorious. You are glorious. God, you are the most glorious. We delight ourselves in you, in the glory of your presence. We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed by you. And God, we run into your arms, unashamed because of mercy. We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed by you. We're overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed by you. There is no, no one more beautiful. God, you are the most beautiful. So now you're going to make me sing, yep. aren't you, Jenna? She got it. Thank you, Jenna. <laughs> Let's roll.
beautiful voice sitting over here. I'm listening to her, <laughs> and I'm listening to you, and I'm like, oh my goodness, it's like heaven, and like the tears are just starting to come, and it's well, like you just that, feel then. God's presence. Yeah. So what are we doing now? You need to begin to put your so talents out now? there. Amen? Oh, Amy is just Amy, like not a ready? beautiful voice. You two ought to go over and sing it over again. I'm telling All right, you. let's go, Amy. Yes, come go on. Amy. Yeah. Go, Amy. I'm telling you, it's beautiful. Go ahead. Just come go. On, go. Amy. I'm done with you. Hi, Amy. Just get her done. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. I just wanted to sing it with her. You're going to look at that one? Okay. That's to see the words. Yeah. <coughs> right there.
Amen. 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 I just think said that weeks ago about people beginning to use the talents that God give you. Quit sitting on them. We need them. Amen? Well, I'm not going to do this whole lesson since we kind of like had the lesson in uh, word and song and such, but I do want to give you just a couple of the points that the Lord gave me this morning because Talking about adversity and problems that we go through, the Lord has an answer in the word to everything, people. He didn't leave nothing out. Amen? He covered everything. And I think that, so I'm going to give you, um, I think there's five principles here. Make that four. <laughs> like I said, I didn't really have this lesson. Did you have that the printed Lord out? Made it on my heart this morning. Did I'm you straight. print that out? Yeah, we did have it printed out. Did I do what? Did you print it out? Yes. My lesson? Yes. Um, he means for other give people. It, give it to Dan and now you can print that part. The people might want to take that's down the Oh, that there. Yes, that's to the other lesson. I'm not doing that one. But yes. You can make copies of that. I don't know where I'll let me find it here. They might want to take it home and study it. Yeah, I don't know if I'll get back to that one. We never did get to finish it because of the speakers and then everything went different, and that's fine. But, um, yeah, I do have it, uh, Dan, I just have to find it. There we go. If you want to make some copies, people want them, go ahead, because I don't know if we'll ever get back to that lesson. That was on uh, habits that we have people have incorporated and do every day that is hindering them. They're actually hindering them. They're not doing anything good for you. Anyways, I'm going to look at these couple principles and I'm going to be kind and let you go because uh, like Seth said, we believe we had a lesson. Amen? <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's true. Yes. Okay. All right, so the first principle I want you to look at, principles are um, not laws, but they're, they're um, I have the definition here, I don't know where I wrote it, so like I said, I'm not really got this, but I got it. <laughs> principles are fundamental truths that serve as a foundation for a system of belief or behavior, okay? for responding to adversity. Their principles, their behaviors and that that we ought to put into our life to fight these things that come against us, okay? Number one, the first one is you need to expect adversity. Christians think, a lot of people think when they come to Christ, they're not gonna face nothing. It's all roses. No, roses have thorns, do they not? So, no, it's not, a, just because you give your heart and your life to the Lord, that is not a ticket for you to never face anything. In fact, uh, let's look at the scripture on that. Psalms 34, 19. Many, not a one or two, but many are the afflictions of the righteous. But, I'm not talking about this rear end either. I'm talking about the contraction. But, the Lord delivers you out of them all. 
You might go through them for a while. It might be a season of adversity over and over and over and over. But God's going to deliver. He is a deliverer. Amen? Amen. So that's the number one thing. Expect adversity because there, there it's going to come. Jesus even said himself, in this world you will have trouble. You know, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul. He really preached truth. Boy, he, he expounded on every area. And he was continually imprisoned for that. Mm -hmm. But I liked each time he was in prison, he got to the point of being in prison where God, the Spirit, went with him. And they begin to sing and praise God yes. in the prison that the prison shook and the doors swung open. So that tells you he got deliverance even though he was put in prison many times for nothing that he did wrong. It was for what he did right. right. He was fulfilling his mission for God, but the devil wanted him in prison to shut him up. But that just made God more, expounded God more in his life. That's right. Jesus said, in, uh, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. For I have overcome the world. Apostle Paul, he said, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Peter said, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial. You are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Hello. Yeah. They're going to come. The that's, trials are going to come. That's life in general. The comes. The adversity comes. Expect it, but there's the point. You've got to. If you remember, was it last, no last week you preached? The week before, I did a lesson on making an advanced decision that you are going to do things God's way yep. when it comes. Be prepared. <clears throat> Be prepared to fight the devil. A lot. That's what happens. A lot of times we get so lax in our praying, in our studying God's Word, in our just praising and worshiping God. You know, that's where your strength, those things are to give you strength to fight what you have to fight. So you need to be in expectancy. Oh, the devil's right around the corner. He's not going to quit. He didn't quit on Jesus. When he came to Jesus in the, temp in the wilderness and tempted him, the Bible says he left him after Jesus responded to him. How did he respond? We all know. He said, it is written. Devil, it's written. He drew his, right here. He drew his weapon. That's right. And he drew the line on the sand, so to speak, too, that the devil came across over that word. The word says it, and you've got to believe it and stand on it. Then the Bible says the devil left him for a season. What's that mean? Well, he came right back. He's going to come back to you, too, and fight you again, maybe on the same thing, maybe on something different or a different aspect, but he's going to come. So the first principle is expect adversity. The second uh, principle is Christians need to persevere during adversity. If you go to Genesis chapter 26 and you read the story of Isaac, now, God led Isaac to this land where he went, and it was uh, in the time of famine. 
and most people preach on that part where in the land of famine, God prospered Isaac because he sowed in that land. He sowed seed in that land even though there was a famine. A famine means drought. Uh, right now, brother's going through a famine, so to speak, a wilderness experience. He doesn't have the finances. There's lack. Famine is lack. Lack of whatever, water, food, money, whatever it might be at that time. So Jacob was in that point, but Jacob still sowed. He sowed whatever he had. And the Bible says that uh, the Lord rewarded him a hundredfold that year in the land of famine. In fact, if you read that entire chapter of Genesis 26, you find that Isaac became so prosperous that they asked him to leave because they had so many herds, sheep, and et cetera, et cetera. You need to read that for yourself. But during the time of adversity, you have to persevere because in that same chapter, further down, you read where Isaac, they stopped up his wells. Now, you have to understand, wells are not just like the wells we have here. We, we run a, our well stops, we go to the store and buy gallons and gallons of water if you need water. Correct? Creek. Or go down the creek, to put out the creek, whatever. But back then, wells were a sign of uh, those people's prosperity by how many wells they had. Uh, it was also their, um, um, it was worth more than money because it, it uh, kept their animals living that produced their income and their food and everything. So wells were very important. And the thing was, the enemy came, even though Isaac was prospering at this time, and they stopped up his well. There was a song written by uh, a country guy I actually listened to it this morning. Uh, Overstreet. Who's Overstreet? Some guy named Overstreet. Do you guys know who I mean? Alicia Wood. <laughs> who is it? Alicia Wood. Alicia Wood? Yeah, Alicia Wood. Uh, anyways, I listened to that song because I'm with you. And it was about the story of Isaac. It wasn't just a no-nonsense country music song. It was a story, He said, but he named him Ike, Old Ike. Old Ike went out to get a drink of water out of his well, and he pulled up dirt because the enemy stopped up his wells, okay, so he had no water. What did Isaac do? He dug another well. Let me tell you, he didn't have a backhoe. Like today, it'd be simple to dig another well, more simple. I don't know what they actually used. I don't even think they really even had shovels, did they, back then? You're looking at over 2,000 years ago. So I don't know how they dug their wells. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really have this lesson prepared because I wasn't going to teach that one. I was going to teach that one. But so they dug their wells. So it was not an easy thing. But Isaac, he didn't retaliate to them people that stopped up his wells. He just moved over and he dug another well. What happened? They came and stopped up that well. They built a quarter, stopped that well up. He's in the middle of adversity. He has all these animals that gotta have water. His people, his servants, his family, they gotta have water. What does he do? 
he digs another well. <coughs> I think it all together because they stopped up all the Abraham's wells that he had originally dug. And now they're stopping up all the Isaac's wells. I think it ended up being like seven wells before he moved to a place where they didn't stop up his wells anymore. So during adversity, that's one thing. You've got to keep pushing, keep persevering, keep fighting that good fight of faith. Amen? 70 times 7 for the same thing in the same day. That should make you all cringe. <laughs> Number three. The third principle is Christians should believe that God will bless them despite the adversity. Even though all this was going on with Isaac, you know what the enemy, because he was in a land that was uh, uh, Amalek, which was his enemy, actually, where he was at, okay? The believers should be able to persevere and know that God will bless them even despite adversity. The enemy came to Isaac, you know what they said? We can clearly see that the Lord is with you. Why? Because of how he responded. When there's adversity comes your way, you gotta, number one, this is one of the, these are biblical principles I'm giving you now, but there are um, just natural uh, ways that we need to respond to adversity. Number one, reject bitterness and self-pity. Just like with your two situation, your situation broke you two. When you're saying, devil, you're not going to control me. You're not talking to her. You're not talking. She's not talking to you. Not supposed to be. Not supposed to be pointing at that person. Why? Because it's not the person. It's the principalities and powers that are in the air around us that influence us. And if we give in to those feelings that come, well, I'm being on and you start spewing back at each other, whoever it is. You're attacking the person instead of the enemy that is causing it, okay? So you've got to reject bitterness and self-pity when you go through things. Don't let that build in your heart. Like I said to um, Remenda when we were standing there, I said, you've got to be careful. Well, we all got to be careful when you go through things like that. Don't let your heart get hard. Because he'll try to harden your heart. Well, I put up with this enough. Well, they always do that. Well, it's never going to change. Well, whatever. And he'll try to harden your heart. That you won't yield to the Lord and do what the Lord wants you to do during the time of adversity. Can I read this scripture? Yes, that, go ahead. That you could, it's, that's found, what you quoted was in Ephesians 6. Okay. Chapter 6, verse 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. See, now you've got to you've got to decipher what it's saying. It's not your own ability. So many people say, Pastor, I can't do it. Pastor, I can't do it. I know you can. Listen to what the scripture says. Be strong in the Lord. It's in his ability. It's in his closeness that... He resides in you and in the power of his might. Put on all his armor. Protect your head, your, your, 
your heart, whatever the, the armor is. For he says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now that's as plain as the nose in your face. Yes. The, the onslaught that you're sensing or feeling is not coming from other individuals. Whether it's your spouse, your children, your neighbor, your boss, your co-worker, your neighbor, whoever it is. It's not them, it's the adversary that's using them. Yes. And you must know how to stand against that. Now in the flesh, we would do like your nephew Georgie did, punch him in the face or knock him out or whatever. But that's not going to solve the problem because there's going to be, if it's a George, there's going to be another George. Yes. And you could take a gun and shoot him, but it's going to be another George. The devil's always going to have another adversary to come against you. But once you learn, it's the ability of God in you, through you, your actions, your thoughts, your speech, Always gear them in the, in the essence of righteousness. Think right, talk right, act right, and then you'll be resolved. The problem will go away. God will take care of it. Now, it may not happen the first time. Depends on how deep it is. You may have to do it again and again and again right. to get it right. Or how long ongoing it's been. Till you get all the bitterness, yes. all the... The hurt, the unforgiveness, till you get all that rooted out. Okay, and the fourth principle in the issue of uh, Genesis 26 that you'll find if you read that tra chapter is that Christians need to recognize the good that can come from adversity. It's hard to believe anything good can come out of what you're going through, but it can. And in that when in that issue, didn't the people quote? Didn't the Israelites, the Hebrews, quote, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Yes. They, and they Jesus did. And they were yes. mocking or slurring Jesus because he was a carpenter. So the one, one good thing that came out of it for Isaac was, as you read on in that chapter, he got closer to God. And a lot of times adversity, once you go through it victoriously, You'll find yourself, you're stronger. You're stronger in the Lord. And you, Isaac, he actually literally got closer to God in that he moved out of the land of the enemy and moved up to Beersheba, which was the promised land. I remember when I first so came. literally got closer to the Lord. When I first gave my heart to the Lord, I used yeah. to tell myself that. And I'd see other Christians that were. Victorious. I said, I'll never become like that. I'd say it within myself to myself. I said, I'll never get that good. I'll never. And when I look back weeks, months, and years, I can't believe how I've grown in the Lord over them years by reading and praying, humbling yourself, humbling yourself before God. And that will help you advance a whole lot quicker. Yes. When, when you read the story of the Apostle Paul and all that he went through, he allowed his, the adversity that he went through to make him stronger to where he got to the point to where he said, none of these things move me. Yeah, yeah. It's like water off the duck's back, okay? Yeah. It's not going to bother you when you face another trial 
or the same old thing pops up again. You'll get to the point. There's another scripture that says God will harden you to difficulties. He can't harden you to those difficulties if you don't face them. So you have to face them and go through them, but go through them the proper way. Like I said, don't get into bitterness and self-pity because that's just going to take you deeper. That is not going to get rid of the problem or the adversity. It's going to compound it and make it worse in your life. Second thing is you need to trust in God's goodness. These are the other biblical ways to turn adversity to your advantage, where it's a, a profit to you. I know when I shared with you years ago when we, we went through the thing with our oldest daughter and her husband, and it was mostly all based on his anxieties that he was in at that time and uh, you know when he came here and he ministered and he shared with you all that he couldn't even come to birthday parties or be with and of course he held her back and and more or less controlled her in that and he admits that that um and of course since getting saved and everything he has asked her for forgiveness and everything for that. But there came a time where we were uh, separated from them. They wouldn't allow us to talk to them, to see them. They sent us a letter. If we saw them out in public, we were not to acknowledge them or look at them, talk to them, anything. We were not allowed to see our grandson. And that went on for, what, two and a half years, I believe. Four years, four years. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so that this one during that time, I came across a book written. Um, can't think of her name right now. I don't think of it, but it's called Shattering Your Strongholds. You know, the enemy can place a stronghold upon you to where you can get into hatred and bitterness and all kinds of ungodly feelings. And I used to think. Why don't somebody just run over him? He's out there in that paper roof. Let a bear get him hurt. Something, you know. Because I wanted to be with my daughter and my first grandchild. And I couldn't be there. Because I felt like he was stopping it, which he was. He took offense at something. We to this day we don't know what, but anyways, he asked our forgiveness and now they were just at our house last night. So we're good. All good to go, right together and everything. But during that time, that trial sent me to my knees. I mean, I go over in the office when when we lived down there at our house, and I go over in the office and I'd shut the door if I woke up during the night and he was sleeping so that I didn't disturb his sleep because he was still working on the job. And I lay on my face on the floor and I'd fall and squall and I'd say, God, kill him. And I say, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I don't want you to kill me. I want you to heal this. You know, you go through these things. You do. You do. You Why? Because we're still in this flesh. You know, and that old person rises up. And you don't want to do what God wants you to do. You want to hate. You want to punch. You want to be mean. You want to kill. So instead, though, then I started praying. I came across that book, Shattering Your Stronghold, and I took that training wheel prayer that is in that book. Liberty Sabbath has that book, and you ought to get that book. You need that book. 
and uh, begin to pray that prayer over yourself where you begin to bind yourself to God's will, to his purpose for your life. Not to what you want to do, where you want to go, who you want to be. No, you should want to be who he wants you to be. So you bind yourself to his will. But you can pray that same prayer over other people. So in September of that year, I started praying that prayer. It's called the training room prayer. I can give you a copy anytime, day or night, you want one. There's nothing wrong with looking at the little words, literal words, and praying them. That's not a vain prayer if it's coming from your heart. Jesus gave us a prayer, a repetitious prayer to pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's also the model for our prayers. Amen. But anyway, so I began praying that prayer over Tim and Tracy. I will put their names right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind Tracy and Tim to your will, to your purpose for their life. I bind their minds, their wills, their emotions to the will of God. And the rest of the prayer, I pray that whole prayer over them. I started that in September, come around to June of that year. Now, we've already been separated all but four years. Not allowed to talk to them, not allowed to my grandson. Yeah, he actually was, ended up being six years old before we got to see him again. And he said, who are you? When we walked in the door. That told us they didn't even show him pictures of us. Or That's how the enemy got into that relationship. Anyway, so I started praying that prayer. In June of that year, the phone rang in our church. We had a phone in down our in the basement. church down in the basement. And Pastor was still preaching, and Jody got the phone, and she motioned me to come back. And I got the phone, and she said, it's Tim. I said, where's Tim? And I got the phone, and he said, I want to apologize. He said, I hear Tom's still preaching here in the background. He said, but I want to apologize and ask you to forgive me for what I've done and everything. So the Lord healed that situation. But I had to do what was right about it. I couldn't plan ways to run over him or nothing. Or ask God to kill him. I had to pray for him. Amen? Amen. You need to do that. And then trust in God's goodness that he will move upon the situation. you got to realize, if he works on our hearts, and we're bullheaded and stubborn, and don't want to do what he wants us to do, hello? Mm -hmm. Maybe you aren't, but I am sometimes. I'm a Robinson, so... I'm stubborn. You had to deny that Irish nature. He's a sawmiller, so he's bullheaded. Or vice versa. Vice versa. Don't matter. Was. We all have our things. That's was. right. Was. Past tense. He's still working on me. Past tense. Past <laughs> There's a song that's called He's Still Working on Me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, and Jupiter and Mars. How loving. And gracious he must be, because he's still working on me, and I'm 74. <laughs> Amen. I'm a slow learner. But we need to trust in God's goodness. Number three, you need to maintain a, maintain a heart of gratitude. Why? Because the Bible says it's a man, that means mankind, man or a woman, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So you need to change your thoughts. If they're thinking ugly, 
get them changed, amen? Because you're going to be like that. And then cultivate a spirit of determination. Be determinate. Determine that you're going to do it God's way, not your way, because your way is going to mess everything up worse. I guarantee it. And then the, the fifth thing on that is to laugh. Why? Because when you can laugh when everything's going wrong, you're going to knock the props right out of, from under the devil. The Bible says, laughter do a good life of medicine. It'll heal your heart when you're mad at someone. Just start laughing in that devil's face. Say, devil, you think you got us, but you lose. I read the end of the book. Tell me. Amen? Amen. God's good. Amen. Amen. Well, I feel sorry for Joe. Poor guy comes first time he came, and he gets all this. All this! <laughs> no, God's a good God. Amen. Amen? We don't have a program here, Joe, like most churches have. We try to allow the Spirit to lead, and he just goes the way he wants to go. Amen? Amen. And then the work is accomplished in people's hearts. They're encouraged. You're getting encouraged. You get lifted up. You get joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're not stuffy preachers, teachers up here. Amen. Yeah. We don't like to be stuffy. You know? Well, hold your hands. Don't spit. Don't look sideways. Keep your eyes on the clock watchers. Yeah. Now, we just... We're all who we are. You know, God wants to use you the way you are. Our former pastor's wife, she she was a barmaid at one time before she got born again. And she played the piano. When she played the piano, she hopped. Do you know what I mean? She didn't sit there and go. She was. <laughs> I mean, she played barroom style. That was her style. She didn't play Mozart's. Or nothing like that. She, she played. <laughs> and you know, there were some people that criticized that. But I mean, her heart was toward the Lord. She, I have her own cassette tape she made. She actually went to a music thing and wrote some songs and made a cassette tape. And she could sing and play. Play guitar and the piano. But she would, and people would criticize her and say, well, she's still playing barroom style. No. She just took the talent that God gave her instead of using it for the devil, playing your cheating heart and let's go down to the bar and drink or whatever. She started playing things that brought glory to God. That was her style. The way you sing. I know his sister Beverly sings. She has a voice. She probably could at one time in her younger years. In fact, I recall her saying that that she would like to go to Nashville and be a country music singer because that's the type of voice she has. That's the style that she sings. And the church she goes to wouldn't let her sing those specials. They said, no, that sounds too country. Never mind the lyrics. It was giving glory to God. It was the style they didn't want. Now, she didn't sing in a, in a choir because... She's not singled out, but they would not let her sing no solos. Your style is your style. Do it your way. Don't try to be somebody else. 
You're not somebody else. You're who you are. Amen? Amen. Oh, God, it's so good. Let's go eat. Yeah, we love you guys. Don't God bless. Don't forget the list for Don't forget to check the list out and you can help our brother out too. Do it again. You did a good job. Yes, brother. Excellent. Do it again. Thank you very much. Good job.